Season 2, Episode 29, The Boys from the Back Pocket, are here to talk to you, marketing interns, about ourselves before we get to the content of this very episode. Absolutely. Let's get right into it right away. We got a YouTube channel. Ever heard of it? YouTube? You know, we don't got a lot of views on there yet, but we got a lot of listens on this podcast. We want to promote our YouTube channel just a little bit so you guys can see our faces. We just had a podcast last week, Results vs. Process, with our shirts off. You guys probably didn't know that if you were just listening on this. But hey, you head over to YouTube, you can watch the boys with the bat, from the back pocket with their shirts off and just plenty more. Andrew, you've been grinding on this stuff for a while now. Yeah, YouTube is, uh, you know, it's, it's tough because it's already been tapped into. There's already plenty of people on it. The back pocket are here and they're on it as well. And we just want to give our marketing interns as much content as possible to absorb the information that we have presenting. We're not saying it's perfect by any means, but we just believe that if it's out there on all these platforms being used constantly, then got to take advantage. Then take advantage. So outside of YouTube, you can find us on Instagram. You know the drill. You can find us on Twitter. You know the drill. Facebook, love it. LinkedIn, start to utilize that more. Everyone, we have been, we're seeing fantastic results. Absolutely. I would also say Anchor. A great way to show you guys care about us. They have now changed their platform into or enabling you guys to donate to our podcast. You know, we're not asking for money, but if you have some, you know, throw a little dough. It's at either ninety nine, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine a month. And if you know, if you guys put that into perspective a little bit, I know we talked about this before, but hey, a Chipotle burrito a month, that's nine that's seven bucks. You got maybe two for one beers at your local happy hour. It's four ninety nine. Put in perspective on what value we bring to you every single day, every single month. Yeah, and that's up to you guys. And if it's not, if it's not monetization value, please use those platforms that we just talked about and interact with us because that's at the end of the day what we truly care about is interaction and interaction that we've consistently provided you guys with is MB Outdoors and Skyline Specs. These are two sponsors of this podcast. That mean a lot to us, and we continue to talk to you guys about them every week because they're so meaningful to society and to what we've been doing so far. Absolutely, and you know, I'll start with Skyline Specs. This is a humble brand. This is all—it's a brand centered around the client, the customer, the consumer, the one who matters most. When we're talking about Skyline Specs, we're talking about you being able to represent your brand in your city. You can wear some LA Skylines. Uh, uh, the, um, well, let's back up. Skyline. The Skylines are engraved on these wooden sunglasses, and they're looking fly as hell. You got Wayfair. You got Ray-Bans. You got all these different kinds as well. And, you know, if you're from LA, they got LA Skyline. They got Chicago Skyline, Denver. They got all kinds. I think they got almost 13 different ones now. So go on SkylineSpecs.com. Check them out. And they're always giving back to their, their uh, consumers. Skyline underscore specs, that's their Instagram, always giving away sunglasses, so go check that out. You talk about humble, you talk about humility, MB Outdoors is in that same realm. They are here to give back to veterans. They stand for the veterans with the products that they're selling, and then they give back to the veterans. They're all about getting to the, into the outdoors, and they are truly doing something unique, and the products that they're selling are of value. And I believe that our marketing interns should use promo code BACKPOCKET, B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T, to utilize and be outdoor gear. Absolutely, whether it's a, uh, it's a t-shirt, it's a hat, it's a pullover, 
They got all kinds of products like leather bracelets, leather pat, um, little stickers too. Unbelievable stuff. These guys are creative. Three dudes who just started this from the ground up because they care. They care about you and they care about veterans. Go check them out. You guys will love them. Intro music. It's your time to shine. I'm just in. Today is August 27th, and the boys from the back pocket are here. Decky Cheese, how are we? Decky Cheese is good, man. We're, we're fired up, ready to get after this episode. You know, Monday, everyone's always like, dude, I hate Mondays. I hate people who say I hate Mondays. Let's get after today. Let's take advantage of this week. I'm just excited. Andy Audio, how we doing, dude? Good. Meaningful Monday. Mm, I like that. We're here for you guys, and we always start with an average quality because... We're average guys, always looking and seeking opportunities to improve. And right now, most recently, we released this on Instagram and all our social media platforms. The Back Pocket Podcast is officially Back Pocket LLC. I and, love it, man. And what does that mean? You know what it means? It just means it's the step in the right direction. We took the step in the right direction to start a podcast in February of 2017, not knowing how to record, not knowing what to say, not really knowing what to do. It's the same situation just a year and a half later. Granted, we have a, a reason for why we're starting it. We want to monetize, but we also, you know, don't know what that end result is, but we love exactly where we're at right now. You're and you're exactly right. We know that we are no longer making and we're seeking money for ourselves. We are seeking money and, and investments or sales, whatever, however that route may lead us to. But it's going to all be directed towards an, a, a single organization. And I think that's really cool. And that's something that we started. This is not a personal fund anymore. This is something going to be directly inputted into a bank account that is titled the back pocket. And we got we got we actually have a company card now. Because before it was just our personal cards. You know, hands raised on that. The truth is finally out. But you know what? We got we actually have a company card now. But again, getting to that point is not easy. You know, finding a bank, business insurance, you know, the stuff people don't talk about. Like, yeah, you can go to LegalZoom and type in what kind of, po- like, uh, not podcast, what kind of LLC or company you want to start. But the trials and tribulations of getting that all together is not easy. There's a lot of learning steps, a lot of stepping stones. Absolutely. And that's those, are come, those don't come um, as easy as you think when you're just going through that process because uh, sometimes you're just dropping $140 because they ask you to. And you're like, what? Then you put it down and you're like, where did that go? Because and how do I how do I get that back? Like I don't know if I want that, but you, you you have to follow the process and just trust it and ask and seek advice from others that have done it before because they can continue to guide you down the right process. Because those early stages are so new for you and I, and it's it's just like us trying to figure out how to get onto iTunes, just with more of an impactful scale now. Exactly, it's just. It's just another step, we, but we handle it the same exact way. I don't care if it's just an RSS feed or I don't care if it's just iTunes. You know, it's, you handle it everything the same way. You handle the highs and the lows with that same average, not average mindset, but the same attacking mindset. And I think we're doing it. We're on the right path, but it, it's still an average quality right now. Like, we don't have business insurance. We are, we're <laughs> registered as an S-corp. We need to be a C-corp. And, you know, we're our uh, taxes 
God knows what's going to happen when tax day runs around. That's going to be some. That's going to be some hell. That's a curveball. Yeah, and then uh, a bank. So we say we're going to be having a company card, but we haven't registered for a bank. So we got four things that are very crucial to the makeup of a company that we have not yet accomplished. But you know, we're the we're, LLC has been filed and it's sitting. I don't have the camera shot on it right now, but we'll take a picture of it. It's uh, just over on the left in its back pocket LLC. So Dex picking up the, we go. the lens the right GoPro now. Here. You think you think that's good? Yeah, it's a good angle. You think they can see it? Yeah, it's gonna be very shaky on the YouTube. How you just uh, no, just like the transition oh, okay. of your arm. Yeah, yeah how, you, how you went about that? Yeah, that's that's my bad, dude. That's all right. All right, you think that's looking good now? I think they can all appreciate it at this point. Okay, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean that's that's the reality. It's like, it goes back to what we preach and how we're gonna continue to move forward. It's the strikes and gutters, the trial and error, the ups and flows, the ups and downs. I mean, no matter what obstacle is presented before us. The obstacle is the way, and yeah. we will run through that wall. And I think that's a great transition to our segment this week. So we have Pitch Queen on, her, or that's her company. She's the Pitch Queen. Her name, what she goes by, is Michelle Weinstein. She was on, or she's uh, run a company called Fitzy Foods, and it was a health food, or as a health company, be, uh, or not health company, it was a healthy food company before healthy food was like a fad very trendy at that point it was not trendy at that point right mm-hmm. she went up pit on a she went on shark tank gave her pitch that episode unfortunately never aired but you know she is just she's got so much tenacity dude and you can see this from the interview and one thing that she mentioned was how confidence in the face of adversity when something goes you wrong how do you respond how do you how are you how do you keep that confidence going in, when things are when you're failing or something happens you know mm-hmm. and she was very inspirational in that manner of the message she was trying to push across and how she handled those and how she used those as opportunities for growth um so i think we should talk about some of the segments and some of the time frames where we kind of had those same things and we chose to sometimes we maybe we didn't handle it right the first time but then we figured it out the second time or maybe it wasn't the second but we continued to work our craft yeah, and I think that's a great point. We continued to work the craft. We stayed diligent, and overall, we gained confidence. And that's something that really entered my like small brain recently. When uh, Nick from Stationary Astronaut—that's what these hats are right here—he was like, "Yeah, I've, I've noticed you guys are gaining some confidence." And I was like, "No one's ever told us that before." But when I looked back, I was like, "Yeah, we have gained some confidence. Like we're comfortable talking into the mic." We're comfortable like coming in with, you know, not much written down to talk about, but we can create it and we can make it sound good and we can present it in a way that people are going to be like, oh yeah, I vibe with that. I don't don't think we're always prepared. I don't get me wrong. I don't think it goes, we're coming in less prepared by any manner. It's the, um, the, the need to look down at those notes and then come up with the, the next thought. We, we have all of those notes and we use them in a manner of to instigate thoughts and to kind of transition ourselves into what we want to talk about but it's not necessarily reading word for word these questions anymore and that's what it was Mm -hmm. these questions that we still create are pivotal for us and the guests because they can get the vibe of what we're trying to put out beforehand and then now we're not like they're talking i mean we've said this already but it's even to the point where like we're not even looking at these questions to ask the next question we just know what's in it because we have that feeling of what to move towards next that's just ingrained in us, mm-hmm. and that comes through confidence. Yeah, and I would even say the 
the formula of our podcast. Like when we very when we first started, and maybe we've mentioned this before, but we were so stoked that it wasn't live, and how we could just say whatever we want and be like, oh, we'll cut that, and then we'll paste it back in here, and we'll you know we'll finagle with it and make this like a production, mm-hmm. and that took a massive toll on you, and it got to the point where we're what three four episodes in. You kind of know the story better than me. And, I'd say, yeah, probably three or four episodes in, and I was ready to toss in the towel. Yeah. You were like, dude, this is too much work. This is insane. And there's a lot more to it, but man, that was a, that was a tough point. I mean, that was what, a month, a month and a half in probably? Yeah, it was probably coming up to the round of maybe after, just after spring break. We had just done the really cool one with Joey D or Joey Tats, and that whole experience was awesome. The one with Dr. Pritchard, but it was like, what are we doing? What are we getting out of this? I'm putting in all this time. And I have to edit it, and it doesn't feel like it's making an impact. And I was looking very short term, but it it was really questioning what was going through. What? Why are we doing this? And um, I had a conversation with you, and Matt Heron was there. I think Mark was there. A few a few of the guys, our close friends, were sitting there, and they were probably annoyed. But I was, you and I were having like a a verbal. We were cultivating heart, heat. It was heart to heart, heart to heart. Like I was, I was getting loud. You were defending the back pocket like none other, and I was giving every excuse at that time that I had that seemed like a reasonable, like, like I can't do this because of blah. I can't do this because of X. And I continued to push that note of, like, I want out. And you, I can attest this to, like, I hold my hat high on. You were like, Andrew, let's continue to do it. I don't know what the answer is to any of these questions you're saying right now. And I, and I apologize that you feel that way, but we need to continue to do this. And I was like, dude, damn. Yeah, you're probably right. Because, like, you, you, you weren't trying to, like, fix it. You weren't giving me the answers. You weren't showing me the gold, the light at the end of the tunnel. And it was just, just keep moving forward. Like, we, we'll, this is something that we need to do. And, I was, and then I, like, okay. And then at the end of that, I was still probably pissed. And I continue to do it. And I honestly just, I, at the end of this, that, uh, we didn't really have a great schedule by the end of the semester, but we continued to do it. Then the summer rolled around, and that's when we started formulating what the back pocket is today. Right. And I don't think anyone really were, was listening to those episodes any more than they were listening to the ones when we first released them because it was summer and, you know, we hadn't really built a brand at that point to where people knew what we were doing and, we were all over the place in terms of content. And I remember having that conversation. And when you're talking about, you know, the, the excuses, they were real excuses. They were like, hey, we're juniors in college. And we're saying some stuff that, you know, not a lot of people talk about. And I'm worried about my future. I'm worried about the next person that's going to, you know, men- talk, like see this online and not like it or judge me for it. I was very concerned. And I'm sitting here like, I I didn't think twice about it. Mm -hmm. I did not, you know, I didn't really process all of that. I was so in it because I just loved the conversation we were having. I didn't think about the repercussions. And then I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Let's just push it out. Like, it's not... We can change the content. We can change how we're talking. I think that was my main selling point was like, 
hey, we don't have to spend all this time editing to make it sound, in quotes, good. We can just say it as fluently as we possibly can as if it was a live show. I think it's kind of how I formatted it. And let's just see how that changes things. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything. Absolutely. And I think another thing that you mentioned was like, are you having fun? Does this make you happy? Is this something you care about? And on all of those, I think I was like, yes. It was just, it was that work, it was that behind that scenes, that, that type of like just overworking in my head. Um, that's what I viewed as the, where I wanted out. On. Yeah. And what you said was perfect. And like, well, all right, then let's do it. If you have these concerns, let's do it. And then we figured out a way. We made those changes. And I think one thing that's really cool about this whole experience is, We've remained a comedy podcast on iTunes, and that's our category. And excuse me, you and I aren't necessarily the funniest person, people out there by no means. But the comedy comes from the humility of making fun of ourselves almost, you know, like that's where we consider ourselves comedians. Because I think that's totally true. It's that average quality. It's like, hey, we're just ordinary people out here. If we were in the motivational, inspirational life and fitness people or whatever, like you wouldn't click on us because we're not those experts. I think we would be funnier if we were a business in, or like a society in the society and culture section. That's where more comedy would we come. We would yeah. be hilarious in that in that section. But when you put us in the same light as like Joe Rogan, Theo Vaughn, Dex, Joey Diaz, Joey Diaz, all these like comedians. It's like, these guys are just providing real content. I, I, like, I want to say the show, the, the back pocket podcast of how it's come together and what it is, is funny. Mm -hmm. It is funny. And I think the more you get to know us, the funnier it is. That's where the comedy lies. And I think, um, like if we were in those categories, they would, they, they would, people would click on it and they would find us funny in a way that they'd be laughing more to more at us. That's just my personal belief because like, like these people are, are Declan and Andrew right now are trying to, um, preach to an audience. And that's what it, our message would come across as to people who want, who are clicking on a market. That's what it's directed towards, right? That's what people in that genre are trying to do. They're almost, they're preaching. They have a, a message and it's like, um, it's a, it's, oh, it's a speech almost. And it's super niche too. It's, I mean like, yeah, we try and niche down, but like you would go to a fitness podcast to learn how to get better at being fit. Mm -hmm. You would go to a entrepreneur, how to start a startup podcast. If you wanted to start a business, you go to the back pocket to just better yourself in any different kind of way to kind of bring yourself back down and be like, Oh, it's not that hard to just find how you want to go about something and just continue to try it. Yeah. And that, I think, is where we find our, com our comedic um, per personalities. Yeah, because when you look back at some of these funny – or not funny. When you look back at some of the struggles that we've had, like I laugh now every time or every time looking back on when we – tried to screen record a Skype and we hit one wrong button like F you QuickTime obviously like the worst app ever to try and record a, an internet podcast mm -hmm. but like, 
One wrong click, and it was like, the podcast is gone. What do we do? <laughs> I, I, all of our average qualities, and you can find a common theme. Our marketing interns know the drill on this, is us having a struggle with some type of technology, really, or like social media platform. It's, something it's new. Something new. That's what our average quality is. It's something new. And now it's gotten to the point where it's a back pocket LLC. Think about that. We started with like our average quality is our mic. It's a blue microphone. It's white and it's ca- it captures the audio of the construction worker two blocks down talking about how he wants his lunch break. You can hear Jeff outside mowing his lawn while you're listening to our podcast. Like, yep, that's that's the microphone that we have. Our average quality is our our roommates playing um NHL in the corner screaming loud and going nuts whether it's positive or negative when we're in the middle of an interview with a priest exactly i mean that that's what our average quality ha- was and we still love those like those come in and out of our lives all the time but it's gotten to a significant average like an average quality of creating a company what yeah like that is a big deal and i think people are starting to recognize that too where it's like oh yeah you, like that is pretty funny like you guys are recording a podcast and you know i'm i'm in and out you know i see a one one of your instagrams a week but we post every day yeah you know like we have a brand that we've reinforced for a year and now it's like oh wow I think the LLC tells a lot of other people like oh these guys are serious but to us it's just another step absolutely it's so damn cool. And I love that we talk about that. I mean, we are documenting every part of our journey journey with our marketing interns. If someone were to find us today and listen to this podcast for the very first time, they can see that we're now a company at Back Pocket LLC. And we just talked about our journey in short. But if they want to see every single thing that we did wrong and then try to find a way to figure it out and it could have been something very simple and it took us like five podcasts and we finally told our audience, hey, we figured this out. They are, every single thing is documented. We are so transparent with our audience. They know everything about us. And I think that's the coolest thing. We are not hiding anything. We're not acting above anyone. We have our cards on the table and we're saying, Hey guys, you see these, we have a pocket rockets and our pocket rockets are our work ethic. Find that. Exactly. Like I have a super average poker hand and I'm not folding. You could say that too. A pocket rockets are the, like one of the best hands. You got two aces. Oh, but you could say you have you, you don't have nine two, which is the worst hand in mm-hmm. poker. I've, I've I, I don't play poker. Right? Okay, I'm sorry, but bad analogy. But you know exactly. It's working. We, we are we are talking about poker and it's working. It's working. Perfect. People are people are picking this up. Yes, and it's it, we're showing we're showing our cards, and that's what the the thing is. Like it doesn't matter what our cards are, we're showing them, and we believe that that is what draws an audience. That is what people are are seeking nowadays is that true message, whether it's per, whether it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be truly inspirational, but what's deeply rooted in it is the, the inspiration, not necessarily the wordage, but the action behind it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think you can like turn that too, where I just got off the phone with uh, a good friend, Aaron Beckman, who's getting ready to start his own, you know, passion, get, take that next step. And he asked me how, how we started and got to the point where we are. And I'm like, I can talk about this all day because we've done, we've talked about it for 60 some episodes. You guys know how we're doing marketing, how we've done it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, but it's as simple as doing it. Like when I, when we boiled down to that conversation I had, it was, dude, we just looked at every opportunity that we had and we were like, okay, 
let's do it. And we took it one at a time, didn't worry about anything else. And we're still doing the same thing. It's not like we're these accomplished macho men, millionaires telling you like, all right, dude, step one, start a business. Like, no, we're, it's have fun, follow what you want to do and don't care what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And go out and ask others how they're doing it because you can always learn. That's another thing we love listening and learning. And we could talk about this for hours. Honestly, I think we could. We may have been talking about it too long. And I don't want it to seem like we are um, braggadocious or arrogant in any sense by talking about ourselves. It's more of the fact that we want our marketing interns to know this is how we've been doing it and how we're going to continue to do it. And that's why our audience continues to grow is that's my belief behind it. I'm not going to say we're perfect. I'm not going to say we're doing it the right way, but we're doing it in a way that we believe is most genuine and I think our marketing interns are appreciating that. We're doing it the back pocket way. Mm. And you know what? You guys could do it any way you want. Start your company and say you're doing it that way. And that's all you need to do. The two key words, do it. Do it. And that's what Michelle Weinstein did as well. We had her on. We had a 30-minute interview with her, um, maybe a little bit longer than that. And it was it was awesome. We got to hear how she battled the forefront of the shark tank. And it didn't go as planned. You'll hear about exactly what happened with it. But she saw that as exactly what our message has, will continue to be as an opportunity. Absolutely. And Matt Heron on the last podcast, which is so great how this is all tying in, he was like, well, if you, fa- like, if you fail, after, well, I don't know if Matt was talking about specifically, but it brought up on the last podcast. It was, you know, you could run something. I said, from the time you're 20 to 30, you can run a, po- uh, a company and it fails. Like, does that mean that you failed and that result failed? Like, that happened to Michelle Weinstein. She ran Fitzy Foods for eight years, built it up, got in Vitamin Shop, Costco, was on Shark Tank, like, did a lot of really, really cool stuff. And had the self-awareness to say it's it's time. It's, it's time. It's no longer, um, it's no longer, it, 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 it's ran its course. It's ran its course. It's done. And most people probably thought, or not most, but I'm sure some people thought, saw that as a failure but she utilized but she utilized everything from that journey and now she's leveraging it into the pitch queen which you'll also hear more about so enough about her or enough about us talking about her talking about her jeez Mm -hmm. get it together Declan anyways you guys will love this man enjoy welcome Michelle Weinstein to the back pocket podcast thank you so much for joining us thanks guys for having me (laughs) absolutely so it has been a long road battling to get you on you are a hot topic in the streets of instagram it's just a phenomenal time streets of instagram (laughs) yeah it's it's a it's a bloody road down there i mean it's just got all kinds of people trying to promote each other and you know we're i think you can agree to this like we're in this really cool um era and like really cool um you know mantra of all these people just trying to promote positivity you know, trying to coach each other up, always like commenting on each other's stuff. Um, we're right in the midst of that. And that's really how we found you. So we're super thankful to have you on today. Yeah, this will be fun. So we'll we lead you in with the first question. Questions. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we'll lead you in with our first question, which is what is your average quality? And as we talked off air, we kind of format in a way that it's something you're trying to improve on every day. You recognize you're not the best at it. Uh, you're not, you're definitely not the worst. It's your average quality and it's something where you seek improvement on a day-to-day basis. 
So um, my average quality right now is napping and I'm trying to nap a little bit more in my life. And every time I lay down for a nap during the day, I don't know if it's like I keep thinking about the podcast or my work and, you know, what guests do I need to get on? But for some reason, I'm really trying hard to try to take naps when I can during the week, which is very difficult. I don't know if you guys ever attempt to do that. Um, I think you both are working right now, so it might be a little hard because I don't think in jobs you have couches where you can nap. But well, it's funny yeah. that you do mention that because on our previous podcast, the one that was released last week, um, we I talked about how I'm stuck in my preschool years with napping because I work <laughs> in a job that requires me to work at a house, and then I get into a truck, and then I go to the next house, and in between those stops in the truck, I will fall asleep almost every time to catch up on because I'm exhausted. So I'm right there with you. Napping is my average quality. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. maybe I need to meditate a little bit more and do a little bit more yoga. But anyway, that's what I thought of for today. That's awesome. That's awesome. The uh, I actually just before this podcast, I took a nap. I had to wake up at three o'clock this morning. I went to work at four. I was there till about four. And then on my way home, just not doing anything for that like 20 minutes, just shut my brain down. So I had to, you know, I had to recuperate 30 minute nap. Now I'm here podcasting, feeling good as ever. So I, I, <laughs> I did I the same, <laughs> uh, but I didn't fall asleep. I just laid in bed for an hour with my eyes closed. <laughs> oh gosh. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like I just second my head hits the pillow. I think that's one of my like not average qualities is just being able to, you know, just fall right asleep. No problems. No questions asked. <laughs> Well, let's dive into your story. And one of the first things we want to touch on has been kind of something that you preach on a day-to-day basis. And the quote that we have written down is, uh, I realize that every successful person has many stories of failure to tell. And that's one of the golden nuggets we love to strive and and, um, have our guests share that story. So we'd like to ask you, where did that come about? and, And why is that something that's very important to you? Well, I, I guess I haven't met anyone or like on my podcast, Success Unfiltered, for every single person I've ever interviewed, it's like they haven't gone through some tough times. And about a year and a half ago, I closed my company that I was running for eight or nine years. And I thought of it as like this massive failure. I can't believe this happened to me. Like, how did this happen to me? Why me? I don't understand how this happened. Like, I'm super smart. I hustle. I thought I had all the right qualities. Like, what's wrong? And what I realized is, well, that's probably the right path that, you know, happened for me. Because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And just like, you know, I wouldn't be able to take naps. I wouldn't be able to go and travel the world. I wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things that I think from the outside, people say, wow, that person's like so successful. I want to be like that. And it's like, well, you don't know what's going on in the background. You don't know what that person's been through. So I guess the last year with my podcast is therapeutic. So, you know, talking about what people had to deal with, the no's that they were told, the rejections they had, you know, for me, the payrolls I couldn't make, the rent I couldn't pay. And those are sometimes the hardest no's because it's not like I started a company and said, okay, I'm just going to do this for fun. And, you know, in like eight or nine years, just close up shop and sorry, investors, you know, we're going to all lose about 2 million in total. And, and we'll just call it a day. Like, that's not what you think about when you get into, you know, you're pitching your company, you're raising money, you're 
you're spending money or it's, that's not what you think about is like, oh, well, I'm going to have to like basically bury this company. You basically are, that's like dealing with death is what I've learned. That's crazy. So. And I mean, that's a great <laughs> answer too. And, you know, I think that the company you're referring to is Fitzy Foods. Is that correct? It is. And uh, yeah. one thing that our marketing interns really need to know is you were able to pitch this on a national scale on Shark Tank. Yeah. Correct? So can you walk us through? Yeah, I mean, I, I pitched on Shark Tank. Um, I mean, we would be here for like two weeks, but the short version is, you know, that's the part that I was like really good at. Um, I started this company. I was on a mission to help people change their lives one meal at a time. I was in the space super early. That's another thing I learned. Like sometimes you're shit out of luck basically because you get in a little too early. And with myself and a few other handful of companies, a lot of us didn't make it because when you're pitching and getting angel investments versus VC investment, a VC wants to invest in something that's like new, not if you've been around for a while. They're not looking really for like, oh, the guys that have made the mistakes and learn from them because one mistake can co can cost you upwards of 100, 200 grand in mistakes. I mean, there's plenty of mistakes that we made that cost that amount of money. So um, my point being is that, you know, I was on a mission, like how can you get healthy food into more people's mouths and change, you know, this, I'm sure like you guys, you don't have a lot of time to cook. You don't have a lot of time to clean. You don't have a lot of time to grocery shop. And it was a new concept. Now it's kind of like, it's normal, right? Well, 10 years ago, it wasn't really normal. Like, why would you go online and buy some food and have it show up on your doorstep in a box? That was kind of weird back then. Now it's very normal. Amazon's helped it make it very normal. So as the times change, you know, this is what happens in different industries. And I was able to work with a retailer called the vitamin shop. And that was maybe three or four years ago. And they had over 780 st retail stores nationwide. I said, okay, if I can get our prepared meals in there, then it can make eating healthy, easy and accessible to the masses. Well, you know, our 10 store test that we had in New Jersey and New York didn't really pan out, you know, in big, massive billion dollar companies that you're dealing with turtles, they move extremely slow. And definitely you're not the priority. And on food, it's very hard to make money anyway. So they make a lot more money on their supplements. Um, even though it was a really good uh, turn that the company made, it just still, you know, you have to have the right infrastructure and the right team in place at an executive level at a company like that. And then I tried with Costco. Um, and the thing with, with Shark Tank, I was just, I pitched there, it was like 2014. It was season four. And it was just too early, <laughs> you know? So even when you're thinking about the timing of pitching your company to those types of investors, you have to think about where you're at. And with me, you know, I was only maybe about a year and a half in and I didn't have the sales track record to prove to them that it really was going to be this big thing or be in, you know, stores in New York and New Jersey when we're a San Diego based company. Um, I vividly remember Damon saying, Michelle, what's the difference between this little prepared meal and the prepared meal downstairs at my little juicery, you know, it was probably some vegan raw meal. But at the end of the day, 
he might be someone that would spend money to ship product and then pay for the product. But the general population wasn't really spending money. And to ship from California to New York is expensive. And when you ship overnight, it's even more. So we were going after a really top tier percent of a caliber person. And then we were also working with professional sports. And those guys would spend money all day long on anything. But my point is, is that you have to have enough demand in order to keep growing and you know with the shark tank situation it was just a little too soon mm -hmm. wow that's awesome i mean hindsight is 2020 when you're talking timing wise with pitching to the right person at the right time and it's oh, yeah. awesome that you recognize that and it, it wasn't something that you looked in a negative manner like wow i wasn't able to get any of these sharks to even give me that offer and um now, like what now what? No, it was the it, best experience mm -hmm. that was the best experience ever because after shark tank is when costco happened it's when vitamin shop happened i got our products into this hospital chain here in san diego with like vending machine kiosks i mean we did some crazy stuff that most companies would never do you know we like really thought outside the box but all of that was because i went through this experience of shark tank and if you listen to any of the episodes on success unfiltered every month i interview one shark tank vet and you guys don't see what you go through but the stress to even like go and pitch is ridiculous they tell you well it might get canceled you might not make it so you know when you actually get here then you know it's real and my episode never even aired I had to wait through the whole season to get an email myself and like 40 something other people saying, we really appreciate you participating in season four. Unfortunately, only 96, ep 96 episodes of like 140 that we taped will air. And unfortunately, yours isn't one of them. So not only that, we didn't even get exposure. I just literally got the experience. Mm. So. I mean, that's crazy. It's and like, so you have no idea what's going to come of that. And, but at the same time, you're like, all right, I gained this experience and now I can move forward. And I'd like to ask right. advice in that direction. What are some of those things that were uh, targeting the highest people shark tank? You can consider those the highest investors. Maybe there's some other ones in that mm -hmm. same caliber or higher, but what are some advice that you had from prior to that? And then taking away like, wow, I didn't recognize I needed to bring this type of a game. Um, I mean, I definitely brought my A game. I was overly prepared. Um, and maybe that was the problem. Sometimes you prepare too much where you, you know, at the end of the day, Shark Tank is a TV show. And the only reason I think mine didn't air was because I was maybe too on point. Like I had watched every single episode, season one, two, and three. I analyzed every deal. I had it in a spreadsheet. I knew exactly every single question they were going to ask me. I had practiced Shark Tank rounds with my investors at the time. So sometimes in life, you can prepare actually a little too much. Um, but in some scenarios, it's really good. But for TV, you have to think about it, it's TV. So people wanna be entertained. Now, I must not have been that entertaining. So um, that would be one. But I think like with anything, like with getting into the vitamin shop, they chose us over some of my competitors or you know, pitching to Costco buyers and all their eight regions and getting accepted in four. It's those types of experiences come from being professionally annoying. And I talk a lot about that on uh, my podcast and I talk about it like on my live shows that I do too. But 
it's all about being professionally annoying in a way that you're that you let people know why you're they need to work with you or why they should bring on your products versus someone else's because at the end of the day no matter what you're selling people buy from people and i think each person needs to remember that which leads into i think one of your other questions like why'd you get into sales or how'd i get into it i just kind of fell into it it's just one of those things i was really good at it's not my um would you say average quality? It's my expert quality. And I think each person you're gifted with some sort of expertise, but we focus on all these different things that what if you could create the life and a business on that one thing that you're an expert at? And that's what I've done now. I said, what did I do in all of those years with Fitzy Foods that I was really awesome at? And it was getting really unique deals and everything as it related to the top line revenue. Not like the online marketing and our online sales, because that was difficult and you need a shit ton of money to make anything like that go. Um, at the end of the day, you're competing on ad space, either Google or Facebook or whatever ads, but you're buying marketing, you know, so you have to have money to make money when it comes to online. But if you look at Costco or vitamin shop or the hospital you're in or any of these other unique situations, it was me. And it was the sales, it was a sales related activity for be it raising money, um, you know, pitching on Shark Tank. If you get your products on the shelves that are retailer, if you're selling coaching programs, if you're selling a service-based business, to get a new client is a sales related activity. So I said, well, I'm gonna do that now and focus my time on what I'm really great at and not really worry about that other stuff. So that's my advice to you is figure out what you're great at and hire other people for the rest of it. Like now with the pitch queen, I've got, you know, an editor for my podcast and one of my friends like, well, why don't you just figure it out? You'll save money. I go, I'll make way more money if I just do what I'm really, really good at. Right. <laughs> and that's true. Like I have a great assistant, Katie. She helps me with all the techie backend crap. I don't know how to do any of it and not, nor do I want to, but I know that if I have a really good team and your team is everything, I have a great writer, Jillian. I've got someone who you guys met behind the scenes on my Instagram. That was Jillian probably talking to you at first, but we're so bonded that she can be me. Literally. She knows, she knows more of me then probably half my friends know. I mean, I talk about my Thursday things on Instagram and how I love like Ziploc bags and Clorox wipes and like all these weird things, gasoline, um, the smell of it, uh, you know? So I just say like, figure out what you're really great at, be super professionally annoying and you'll be well on your way. I thank you that. for saying that. Yeah, mm -hmm. Thank you very much. The professionally annoying is like very, very crucial. And that's something that I really locked into. One thing I think that a lot of young entrepreneurs and, you know, Andrew and I are even about to be going through is pitching your idea to someone else like for the first time or the first 20 times or however many times you'll get that. No, like hashtag big, no Monday. It's your big thing. Um, it is. I talk about a big ass. No, I get every single Monday. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. I love it. So what, what do you, or uh, how, how do you really pitch something to someone that really doesn't know anything about your product? but you are just so um, confident in it. Like you've been, we've been in this industry for a year and a half or whatever it is. And you've built this product from the ground up. Like it's your baby. How do you convince someone that, you know, believes in you as a person, but doesn't necessarily know that product. How do you bridge that gap 
or whatever maybe is an experience that you've had that um, would serve as a good example? Um, I mean, we can go, well, number one, you said the word convince and you're not supposed to, you don't convince anybody of anything. So that's like, let's get that out of the way. That's like a four letter bad word. So you don't want to use that. And it's really about, like I said, like people buy from people. So right now I'm getting sponsorships for success unfiltered. So this might interest you guys. Um, and I'm reaching out to brands that, and I'm not doing it the traditional way that most podcasters get sponsors for their show. I'm exploring always, but the way that's worked the best is me just going directly and pitching myself, which is the same way I got into Costco, vitamin shop, and all these other things. I didn't go the traditional route. I just found the right person, sent them an email, and then you get on the phone as quickly as possible and you build a relationship. And the number one thing you have to think about is what's in it for them. At the end of the day, why would someone even want to talk to you? So, I mean, with the vitamin shop, what was in it for them? They wanted to be unique and different than all the other GNCs and supplement stores in the country. They were looking for a unique angle. So how were they different than somebody else? And I brought to them the idea, well, food is actually preventative medicine and goes really well with all the other stuff you guys sell in your store, like protein powder and this and that and vitamins. But you don't actually have the first thing that people are missing the boat on as it relates to preventative medicine and health. And it was fresh food. And so I, you know. I enrolled, you don't use the word convince, I enrolled a billion dollar company and an executive board to see the same thing I saw for them. I saw it for them and presented them an opportunity. Ultimately, they went like bonkers over the opportunity and then they met me and then they reached out to some of my competitors because they want to see, oh, well, who else, you know, maybe should we talk to? Even though I talked to them about this idea. And at the end of the day, they, you know, they saw an opportunity and I showed that I was the person that could execute on the opportunity because there's a lot of people that say a lot of stuff, but no one that follows through. And I knew that my team and I could follow through. So even on the podcast for the sponsors, I know that if I talk to Calendly or some of the other, like my sure mic that I love. I know I can talk about it authentically in every single episode and any of my followers or any of the downloads for every episode, if they need a mic, they're going to go and buy one. Like I know they will, but I, I reach out to brands that I love and then they can see the difference. Cause I'm not just going to talk about, you know, I don't know, whatever. Omaha steaks. Omaha steaks. Well, maybe because that sounds actually delicious. Those people that deliver the boxes of steaks, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I could reach out to them, but it wouldn't be like, um, I don't even know something that I can't authentically speak on just to get however many hundreds of dollars per episode, you know, just to get a sponsor for the show. Like I'm looking for the right ones. And then that's how I pitched it. And every single brand responded to me every single one. And it wasn't anything like super genius that I sent. But if it comes from the heart, then people will respond. Because that, that, that's where they want to put their money. Right? Think about it. They are paying you money at the end of the day, if that deal were to happen. If you get money from an investor for your company, they are giving you that money because of you. Again, people buy from people. So I'm like, 
here's all my social media, here's my emails, here's my website, here's me, this is who's gonna be talking about you. Why do you think like uh, whatever, whenever something happened to Tiger Woods, right? And they pulled the sponsorship immediately from them. Like if you get a bad press or you get bad press, like people want to know like, oh, this person, yeah, she got, she has a lot of entrepreneurs following her. Yeah, this is going to be good. They, they want to make an ROI on their investment. So that's one of the things that I look for and how can I be that gap of selling more of their products for them? So at the end of the day, that's why they're spending money. They want to increase their revenue. That's incredible. And that's another excellent response. And something that I've kind of taken away through all of your responses is you have a true innate self-trust in your abilities. And I'm kind of curious on how you develop this trust in yourself to um, pretty much accomplish anything that you put your mind towards. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of personal development. I've done a lot of growth classes. I do a shit ton of vision boards. Like I, I visualized what I want to happen and all of it's pretty much happened, you know, and it always continues that way. Like the vision board I did about a year ago to where I got today, it all happened. The only thing that didn't happen yet was flying on a private jet, but I could have made that happen if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to just go buy a ticket. I just want to be invited on one. So that's hasn't happened yet, but it will. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, and it's definitely yeah. I to mean, say. you envision it, and you know, I I uh, interviewed Mel Robbins. It's a really good episode. If you guys you know never heard her, read about her, go on YouTube and search her, whatever. But she says like this. Um, you know, I think what you're talking about is confidence. Confidence stems from action. And what I have found and what I have seen in a ton of entrepreneurs and a lot, I'm in a group of like 700 online entrepreneurs and, you know, a small percent, I would say are making like great money and have like successful businesses and all this stuff. But there's a lot of this like looky loo stuff and, you know, they have the shiny object syndrome and they can't stay focused and you're always trying to compare yourself to everyone else. Like, I don't give a shit about what any other podcaster is doing. I try to learn from the best. I, I know what I'm good at. I don't compare. I don't sit there. That's why I hire someone to help me with social media. Cause I don't need to waste my time on it all day long. Um, you know, and the re the ones that I do it's brands I'm reaching out to and I send videos and that's why I go on there for a purpose. I just see a lot of people wasting time and you know, you can't get your time back. And I always say like, I'm gracefully resilient, inspiring myself and others to take a stand for what you want right now, because each of you isn't guaranteed a tomorrow. And if you take that for granted every day, then that's on you. That's your problem. But I take it as like, no, I'm going to take action on this today. I'm going to make something happen. And when you keep doing that, I guess that's how you build confidence, because that's what Mel told me. So I didn't have to figure it out. Uh, so I, that's how I learned it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And that was going to be my follow-up question was going to be taking action. I mean, you answered it, so I'm not, I don't even have to ask it, but you, uh, everything, yeah. every single thing you've accomplished has been, like you said, you set that vision and then boom, you're right away taking action. Yeah. Make sure that you want to continue to head towards that. So it's taking action with purpose. Most, most people, yeah, take action with purpose. Most people are going to ask 8 million people their opinion. I don't ask for opinions unless it's someone who's way above me who can give me more, not an opinion, but guidance. Um, you know, I, or what is the saying? It's like, don't seek, don't seek or seek guidance, not counsel, or maybe it's reverse, but it's something along like that. 
Like I'm not looking for someone to try to tell me that my idea is stupid or that it won't work. I'm looking for guidance on how can I maybe make this better? What's something maybe I'm not seeing? But again, if you're gonna hang around people that are jealous of you or you're comparing against each other, then you're gonna get those types of responses. So I go to people that I believe have achieved something way beyond what I've done so far. And that's who I get guidance from. I love that. I think what's really cool too is, you know, you talk about every single day or your vision board and having all these really like, it sounds like you have uh, some goals set out, obviously. Um, yep. When you go to accomplish these goals, is it mm -hmm. the process that you're focusing on, that day-to-day -day process, that very fine-tuned um, I, I guess like a process or do you focus on the result at hand that you're trying to accomplish and you keep referring back to that result um, day after day? I think with the vision board, uh, I haven't done a lot of science study, but one of my really good friends, Sean Croxton does, and I just know that it works. I just don't understand how, but again, nor do I really care. Um, it gets somewhere in the subconscious. So if I'm doing an interview or if I'm here with you guys, there's something subconsciously that's saying, oh, well, Michelle's one of her goals is to get all the podcast sponsorships done for Success Unfiltered, you know, and I've and I've written that out and I've got it on the vision board and I've and I've set that out that, well, OK, well, maybe someone who's going to watch or listen to this might see it and say, hey, you know what? I want to contact her. She knows what she's talking about or whatever. I want her to represent our brand. So I think for, you know, each person, how you accomplish your goal is going to be different. And then, um, you know, even like John Lee Dumas, you guys probably know who he is. He has like a goal book if you need help and you can like set a goal. Um, and he teaches you how to set a big goal in like 365 days. I don't have that problem. I set them, I hit them and I'm on my way. But I know some people, you know, if you shoot too high, then you can get yourself discouraged too. Um, so I think every single person's different, but what I found that works for me is, you know, annually I write them out quarterly. I check in, I do a vision board once or twice a year. Sometimes that needs to change. And that's, what's worked for me. Thank you. And, uh, I think one of our, mar our marketing interns have definitely taken this away, but we want to ask it anyways, you <laughs> okay. preach the real stuff. And this was in our question list and I, I, it needs to be talked about because that's one of your main missions is preaching the real stuff about entrepreneurship. Um, we are just two average guys. And I know you, we asked that first question, what's your average quality? Well, we're the epitome of the average quality. That's what we are. <laughs> and we love doing these conversations with people such as yourself because it enhances, um, attributes that we didn't think we were capable of or will learn a life lesson that we didn't realize could be learned. Right. So thank you for taking time so far. And also mm -hmm. I'd like to ask um, with the real stuff, is there something that you could provide our marketing interns with a piece of advice regarding that? Um, with your marketing interns? So, so yeah, the marketing interns are listeners because they oh got it. yeah they're they're in process got it hmm. um i was just thinking are you talking about someone else <laughs> <laughs> you know i i always say like kind of like how you guys started there's no one that has reached whatever their version of success is without like going through it what i found is that most people don't ever talk about it like i interviewed this guy today he was the founder of iSlide. His name's Justin. And 
he was out there pitching in the beginning. Um, he did Shark Tank too, but in the beginning, he went out to raise money from his first investor. And he was telling me today, you know, after that, he basically, the investor almost fell asleep in his pitch. He just kept rambling and talking and it was horrible. And the guy said he was just terrible. It's the worst pitch he's ever heard. He was super devastated. And he said, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, Michelle, except my wife, but that investor fell asleep. And those are the things that I want to talk about. So you guys, the marketing interns, don't deal with that. Like you don't want to have a pitch that's going on and on forever and you're rambling and you don't have a purpose and you literally have an investor that checks out or like does the head bod like that. That would suck. So learn from other people's mistakes. And that's really what I'm sharing. I'm trying to invite people in that want to talk the truth because you know, this entrepreneurship and all this, that seems like it's this glorified um, environment. Well, that's just what you guys see, but you don't see the real shit. So that's what I talk about. I talk about, and I'm okay talking about that. There were numerous times I couldn't pay payroll or at the end we couldn't pay rent. And then I got hit by this, that hospital that wanted 270 grand that I didn't have, nor did we owe it. And I said, you know what, I'm done. Like this industry, I guess, is not for me. This is, you know, people are speaking to me saying, Michelle, it's time for you to do something different. You know, our investors didn't want to fork over any more money for lawyers. So that was it. And that was the writing on the wall. But most people would just talk about that one-on-one. -on -one. Or you'll talk about it in a mastermind group. Or you'll talk about it with your entrepreneur buddy that's also been through it. But you guys won't talk about it publicly. Or like, I haven't watched it yet, but someone told me Elon Musk did an interview and started crying the other day. I need to watch that. Like, that's awesome. Okay, so you guys can see that he's actually a real person. And it's not as glorified as you think it is. So, you know, most entrepreneurs, and I'm sure you've heard this before, will work 80 hours a week to not have to work 40 hours a week for someone else at a job which is probably what you guys are doing, trying to figure this out so you can go quit your nine to fives because you rather work 80 hours a week to have the freedom and flexibility than to be stuck in the jobs that you're at because you're not super passionate about it. I love it. I mean, it's speaking to us right to the heart. You're just <laughs> a Cupid zero going right through the back pocket up here. Um, but I just love, you, you know, what you're, what you're putting out there. I mean, you learn so much from people when they are just vulnerable like that. And I think right. what the internet does nowadays with social media and everything is there's two sides to the coin. In my opinion, there's the side that promotes the good or, you know, maybe not necessarily the truth, but then if you really dive into it, there's all kinds of people like the Gary V's and all these different people that are just giving you what it is, you know? And I think that's really where Andrew and I stand is, you know what? That someone, if someone wanted to figure out who Michelle Weinstein is, they can Google you and really figure out like what, how you messed up or what you said at certain points in your life. So what we're doing is we're just attacking that full on and just saying, Hey, this is us. This is the back pocket, whether you like it or not, you can go back. You can listen to us now. And you're probably like, wow, these guys got a pretty sweet podcast. Like they sound professional. Their audio is sweet, but go back to podcast one. We didn't delete the first podcast we ever recorded. It's right. garbage or it, it's garbage to us. So we, we just have seen the, the, the growth, but if you were to go back and listen to be like, Oh my gosh, these guys are a bunch of goofballs. You know? <laughs> so it, I just love the, the reality. I love pushing that message, yeah. that authenticity, because at the end of the day, that's really all you have to hold on to. So yeah, very it much. Is. I, I love that. 
um, transitioning here a little bit, we're talking about failure. We're talking about the reality, you know, when things like not necessarily that, that this, this didn't happen to you, but when you experience, you know, that, that investor falling asleep, or when you experience something that really puts you in a high stress situation, what is in your back pocket to, and that's something you rely on mentally to respond to these situations that are very tough. Yeah, you need to put in your back pocket calm. (laughs) So, you know, if you meditate or, you know, I have calm meditation music, chill music, take a walk, take a breather, get out, change your body language. That usually helps. Um, But yeah, you have to stay calm because the second you're not, it's going to really get messed up. (laughs) So it takes practice. It (laughs) takes practice. It's definitely when the I say like learn how to get a poker face all the time. Mm-hmm. Learn, yeah, <laughs> learning how to get a poker face, learning how to realize that uh, the stress that you are putting on yourself may just be pressure, and those can be completely two different things to your body. Um, and then yeah. you have the ability to respond accordingly in a in a very functional manner versus being rash or brash and, and not having the fortitude that you really wanted to have prior to that engagement. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I know we're hitting towards the back end of the interview. So we'll finish with these two questions. The first question okay. puts the ball in your court. And we would like to ask you if you have any questions for us. <laughs> um, what's, what do you want people to get out of listening from today? Well, I personally want people to hear your story and realize that you have gone through the ringer and continue to go through similar situations. It's not happy-go-lucky every single, even though you have had these type of accomplishments that we were able to share in this 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the mental state that you continue to strive, that taking action is something that we, I mean, we struggle with on a daily basis because this is not a full-time job. So we're like, okay, how can we utilize and optimize the time that we have right now to take action, but there always can be more efficiency to everything. And hearing how you've gone about it, it's just another way that we can learn and grow. And that's at the, like you've mentioned, at the end of the day, what are you you going to look back and reflect on and accomplished in your 24 hour span and of that day? You you have, if you have learned and listened and trying to grow, then that's exactly, that's, that's what you need to accomplish. Cool. I would say, you know, you can present yourself however you want, but when adversity hits, who you are is is what you are in the face of that adversity. And I think, you know, having these kind of conversations for, for this 30 minutes has, you know, it really tries to bring that out and w- people can really understand, you know, who who's behind the pitch queen, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that's very important. And I think if anybody's going to learn anything, it's, you know, with confidence in, in the face of adversity. And I think you experience that all the time. And you've, you've had these trials and tribulations, these strikes and gutters throughout your entire career. And at this point, you're looking for the next one because you know exactly <laughs> how to handle it and you know, you're going to crush it. So I love it. Awesome. That's my only question. Okay. And then our final question is what did you learn today? So this is a frame from the time you woke up to the conversation until the conversation we're having right now. I learned today that I really need to get good at taking naps. (laughs) So I, I was uh, texting with a friend. I think I'm going to uh, 
you know, spend a little bit more time doing my meditation. I'm also learning Spanish. So maybe if I do some Spanish homework and then I can fall asleep a little bit sooner. So that is what I learned today is that I, uh, I just need to become a better napper. That's excellent. May I ask why you're learning Spanish? I've always wanted to learn Spanish. And when you're super stressed out, like with how I was with Fitzy Foods, I, I wish I knew Spanish then because my whole kitchen was Spanish speaking. And that's why I wanted to learn. And my head manager, Nick, I love Nick. And my, my goal is to eventually do a full interview on Success Unfiltered in Spanish. So I will be fluent. Uh, it's a matter of time. It's kind of hard to learn when you're kind of older. Uh, so, but so far, so good. I just got back from Tulum the other day and I spoke Spanish almost the whole time I was there. So I just need to work on my vocabulary now. Yeah, that's a perfect way to dive right into it. Well, thank you, Michelle, for joining <laughs> us on the back pocket. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Michelle, for joining us. That was that was a fun interview. I really do appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We'll have her on again, dude. That question she asked us was really helpful and uh, reflecting as well. Yeah. And uh, I hope you marketing interns really were able to take your golden nugget and uh, Im implement it into your daily life. And let us know, too, because we're starting to do these takeaways. So we want to you know, reinforce or promote some of the things that we took away from this podcast because we go back and listen to every single podcast. And it always sounds different the next, the second time you listen to it. You pick up on different things. And we're always just looking for your guys' feedback. And we post on Instagram stories uh, the day after, so Tuesday, we'll post any takeaways that you guys have for us. And it's an opportunity for you guys to submit a takeaway that you guys had. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Declan. Should we go to the back end? Dude, of course. Absolutely. The back end, where the marketing interns can truly vibe out to what the back pocket presents. Yeah, this is like a, uh, this is how I describe it. So, you're on vacation, and, you know, you have your excursion that your mom planned at like 930 and you go on it. It's early. It's early. Of course it's early. You got to take advantage of a full day of vacation, right? Of course. So you go, you know, jet skiing, you go uh, hiking, you know, something. With the family, it's fun. It's, it's just a lot of work, right? You got to get up at 8. You got to deal with everything. You got to make breakfast. You got to – you go through all the process and you have, you have a blaster and it's you're on vacation again. But you know what? You come back you, after you eat lunch. Your mom didn't plan anything for one thirty, so it's just your time to shine, right? And you just get to relax and enjoy and soak in everything. And that's kind of what the back end is to me. You put in that work. You spent that hour with us. And now you're on that back end. You're relaxing and you just have to listen. There's really no more work to be done. It's just vibe out and truly appreciate how the back pocket finishes. Absolutely. So kick your feet up. Get comfortable. Not, not too comfortable if you're driving, but comfortable nonetheless. And enjoy it, man. Thank you for being here. You guys are a tier above the rest. What did you learn, Andrew? The first segment of what did you learn? Um, from, from the time that I woke up to right now, I was reflecting on last night. And, what, and let's, let's go into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, what we did last night was we had a dinner meeting with Giselle Ugarte and Nick, stationary astronaut. And 
Nick the stationary astronaut. That's what these hats are right here. He's uh he's a company he put on the Gary V event. He's coming he's a great friend of the podcast now. He hosted the Gary V event in Rochester that I went to and talked about in detail on a couple podcasts ago. Great guy. Great guy. So it was the four of us enjoying um what was the place called? Loft? The Lotus. Lotus. And uh just phenomenal place. Viet- eating, Vietnamese eating Vietnamese food, great food. Um Plenty of leftovers that we failed to bring home because we just left them on the table. But what I learned is dinner meetings, yeah, it's business. Like you're here to talk about like what you guys are up to and maybe something that we can do together in the future or something along those lines. But what it really is is uh, four people in this instance truly appreciating the time. Like you're locked in because, one, you want to have great manners, so you're listening because you think it's business, but it's truly casual. And you're just there like – understanding what someone does off air because that's kind of where we get the most of our relationships is on a podcast and then having the opportunity to kind of take that a step forward. And we've been doing this with other people as well. Um, but this one in particular, doing it over dinner, it truly felt like it, it, it was remarkable. I, I loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's more of like a shared passion too. Sure. Cause Giselle's passionate about, you know, on her radio show and she's got a bunch of social following. She's she, so savvy with like social media. Yeah. She's so savvy. So savvy. In a business sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And but she loves doing it and you can tell that by the way she talks and the way she presents herself. And then you got Nick who is putting on these live events with like major names. He's just a total go getter and he's a wild man. He's but a wild man. With organization, yeah. which is sweet to follow. Yeah. It, he's just got all kinds of energy, dude. It's like one of those Mio squirt bottles. Like you don't squirt all the Mio in your mouth. Absolutely not because you'll be overloaded with energy. But, you know, you get a little squirt here, a little squirt there. You're feeling good. Absolutely. Anyways, that's, that's a good analogy. Yeah. I'm crushing analogies on this podcast, I think. Um, but anyways, like he's passionate about what he, he's got going on. Giselle's got this. We got the back pocket. And we're just having a conversation, mm-hmm. right? It's nothing, it's nothing special. I mean, it is special to us. But it wasn't anything crazy. But it was just like. Everyone was just you're sharing, fueling. You're sharing a meal, and you're sharing each other's company. Yeah. And at the same time, you're talking about future, and you're talking about what you've been doing, and you're talking about something that you care about. Something that makes you smile. Something that makes you laugh, dude. That's all I need. Yeah. That is some. That's all I need, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. And I, I can totally echo that. That is all. I'm fulfilled when that stuff happens, and I always think, I'm like, man. This is because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like this is our life now, man. Like this is fun. This is this is when I have the best time. You know, it's not about making money or, well, maybe it is, but it's not about all of that. It's about those like conversations, being at in the, the moment. At the surface, that's what it is. Yeah, and it's so funny. Like all those people. Like the first question you you hear is like, "Oh, how are you making money?" And that's well, sure. I don't even want to get into it right now, but yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna say. Sound off, bro. Keep it going. It's it's not it's not the goal. If you if that's your goal, you're wrong. And if that's your question you're asking to me, I'll answer it and I'll be genuine about my answer. And I'm proud of it. Yeah, we haven't made a dime in the sense of the podcast with sponsorships. But the knowledge and the interpersonal skills that have continued to move forward in a way of just I need to always take action and find that next way, that next step with someone like you, Declan. It's yep. been it's been extraordinary. Absolutely, dude. We we have not only changed our 
our perception, but we've changed our habits. We, I have told, I can, in a year's worth of time, if I think back to where I was, it's like, man, I'm a totally different human being, dude. Totally different. Totally different human being. It's nuts, dude. It's fun. And it just shows the growth. It help, It's fun to reflect. But my habits, it's all about the habits. Nothing on the outside. Just the habits. But anyways, what I learned. Did you already say what you learned? Dinner meetings. Yeah, yeah, I love dinner, dinner meetings. That's right. right. Okay. That's my thing. Dude, I got a sweet one today. Hey, Declan. Um, hey, Declan. What did you learn today? Thanks for asking, Andy. Well, there's a lot of things that I learned because I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson, the three-hour and 30-minute giant I got about an hour in and there's all Talk kind of- about information. Neil is just, Neil is delivering constantly. He is drawing from so many pools. When you have a conversation with that man, your head is spinning because one, he does a great job of articulating. So you're able to follow it all, but he's pulling like history lessons from bam, bam, bam. And you're like, I cannot believe that's like, and I believe it all. I, I truly, I think he's got his facts down to a T. I don't question it because I know how diligent and how passionate he is about finding the truth. Mm-hmm. So and we can Sorry, talk. Go about, ahead. Go ahead. Dude, we can talk about how the Jesuit, the Jesuits founded the uh, Gregorian calendar, which is like the calendar that we use today. Mm-hmm. Like that, you guys just need to go listen to that podcast. We love Joe Rogan. What I learned though, I was scrolling through Instagram today, and I saw this like weird cheesy video, and I brought it up, and you were like, "Oh yeah, I saw that too." Mm-hmm. And it was this teacher, and he holds up this $20 bill to the students, and he says, "If I were, like, would, do you guys want this? Like, is this worth something to you? And they all raise their hand, like, yeah, it's 20 bucks. I'd take 20 bucks. I'm a poor college student. Mm-hmm. Then he crumples it up, and he opens it back up, and he goes, do you guys still want this? He crumples it back up, he, and he opens it up, and he says, do you guys still want this? And everyone raises their hand, like, yeah. It's a crumpled $20 bill. Of course I still want it. Throws it on the ground, steps on it, really rubs it into the dirt, picks it back up. Do you guys still want this? Everyone, of course, raise their hand again. His point was, doesn't matter how many times you get beat up. Doesn't matter how many things happen in your life. You're still worth something. At the end of the day, no matter what. And I was like, dang, that was a sweet, like speaking of analogies, that was powerful. Mm-hmm. That was powerful. That sits home. I mean, it's like, it's $20 and you still want it, but it's been kicked in the dirt. It's been kicked betwixt the legs. It's been kicked in the shins. It's been crumpled up. It's been beaten, beaten, and you still want it. If if I could provide that value, no matter how many mistakes I make, I'm in, dude. Love it. Sign man. me up. Love it. All right, dude. Those were some deep. What did you learn? Yeah. Wow. We are, we are learning, but we could have, we, but just to clarify, we could have. We could have dropped some Neil deGrasse truths out there yeah, for we, sure. We had some uh, some dinner party knowledge ready for you. Yeah. That'll be tuned. Stay tuned in. Neil deGrasse Tyson will be a what did you learn coming forward. Yeah, there's we can't take that away from you. But trapping the puck and transitioning to a feel good story. The final segment. The final segment where we make our marketing and we leave our marketing interns on a very happy note and a positive note because at the end of the day we're a positive podcast promoting that very thing. Declan, what's the feel good story of the week? So. Excuse, this was right. Excuse you. Yeah, sorry, I, I burped. Too bad we don't have the, uh, like the sneeze button. Have you seen those at uh, radio shows? Uh, the one that he says that was easy. Close. You you just hit it and it mutes your mic pretty much is all it is. But uh, anyways, 
feel-good story this week is the American dream. You know, people reinforce this American dream all the time. And when we were talking to Phil Jow, homie, you guys have heard about this guy all the time. And we were, we were talking about how we started our company. And he was like, honestly, dude, nowadays the American dream is the ease of starting your own business and following what you want to do in the United States. And I couldn't agree anymore. You can go and Google right now how to start a company. Click on LegalZoom.com. It's not an ad, but it's an easy way to start your company. And then a month later, because you started it and you pay your filing fee, you will have a company that's under your name and you can provide to this country, to this economy, and to yourself. And it's everything that you want to do. That is the new version of the American dream. And it's possible. Granted, it's practical. Granted, it's difficult with some people's history, how they've been raised financially, ethically, whatever it is. Um, But that's the American dream through and through because everyone can do it. And with the ability to utilize social media now, that's something everyone has access to, I believe. I mean, and everyone's on it and everyone's on it. So you can find a way to promote yourself, whether you're that um, yodeling guy who's made it or you're someone who's trying to do something with photography or you're someone who's just trying to sell teenage mutant teenage mutant ninja turtles or like legos if you're super passionate about legos you can make it in this world you can sell it it's not hard it because you care about it you're going to do it and you're going to know it better than anybody else because you love it and i think that is the american dream there's so many people out here that are starting to figure that out you know there's all kinds of people out there starting to really grasp that idea and millions of people are starting their own business. Love it, man. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. So, Thank you, Phil. Thank you, marketing interns. Absolutely. For joining us in this journey of reflection. That's what this podcast truly was through and through. It was a lot of reflection, a lot of um, reevaluating um, our mental fortitude because Michelle Weinstein presented us the opportunity to go back and think about these type of things. So thank you, Michelle. And that's the name of our podcast. The last minute of our show, we decided what it is. The journey of reflection. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Take care.